Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to us by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The United States CCA helps responsible Americans like you prepare for what happens before, during, and after an active act of lawful self-defense. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, a USCCA membership is always risk-free with their 100% money-back bulletproof guarantee membership is truly an investment worth exploring click learn more below right now to activate your u.s concealed carry association membership click learn more right now and also one of the benefits of being a member you get their monthly concealed carry magazine and as a reminder the united states concealed carry association is not an insurance company a policy has been issued to the uscca by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Whether crafting legislation, securing the release of imprisoned victims, or engaging foreign dignitaries, Tina Ramirez has worked diligently to bring greater freedom and dignity to people around the world. From her early days as a high school teacher through recent years in charge of an international nonprofit organization, she has committed her entire life to the preservation of human rights for all people. While working for the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, she developed policies to improve religious freedom in several countries. In 2013, she used her experience to create Hardwired Global, an organization that addresses the root causes of religious conflict and works to defend the rights of the oppressed. She has worked since worked in more than 30 countries and trained hundreds of journalists, lawyers, religious leaders, and teachers. She has testified before the U.S. Congress, United Nations, the African Union, and has published several, several articles and books related to her work on human rights. Right now, Tina is simply a mother, a businesswoman, and a candidate for Virginia's 12th State Senate District. Tina, it's great to have you back on the Steadfast and Law podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me, Colonel West. Well, you know, Virginia is kind of off cycle with, uh, it seems, the, the rest of the, the, the country. I mean, you all in, in New Jersey and to some extent Louisiana. But tell us about the road leading toward your state Senate race, which will happen in uh, November. And, of course, the primary is coming up this summer. Yeah, it feels like here in Virginia we're always having an election. So my primary will be June 20th, and then we'll have an election in November. I'm running in Chesterfield uh, in Colonial Heights. These are counties that are just south of Richmond, so the capital of of Virginia. They're the suburbs. And it's a strong Republican seat. It's a Republican seat by about 12 points. So currently we have a Democrat where I live 
and she's announced that she's not running for re-election in this district. She's running somewhere else. So there's no Democratic opponent. We just have a primary in June, and then it should be smooth sailing to November. So the critical uh, race is in June, just getting through that primary and being able to represent the people of Virginia in the state Senate. This is also a critical seat because Governor Youngkin won the House of Delegates here in Virginia, but he didn't win the Senate. And so the Democrats have been a brick wall against Governor Youngkin in the state Senate for the last two sessions and blocked everything except for one piece of legislation on religious freedom. And so uh, it's really critical that we do win this seat, flip it, and give Governor Youngkin the majority that he needs to actually reverse a lot of really bad policies and pass a lot of the positive conservative legislation that he wants to see put forward. You know, when we look at what's happening down in Florida, where they just recently passed uh, a legislation on protecting children from these, uh, you know, mutilation surgeries and puberty blockers and hormonal therapies. Is that a critical thing that we could see pass in Virginia if you all can win back the state Senate? Yes. I mean, I think the protection of parents' rights is at the forefront of what um, people across Virginia are concerned about. And really, it's it goes beyond politics because I hear from parents every day that are concerned about the sexualization of their children, about their rights as parents being taken away um, from overseeing their children's education, their children's um, medical, uh, you know, health care. These are issues that that really, as a parent, you know, you and I, as grandparents, we understand they go beyond politics. It's it, when you look at what's happening in our country and in Virginia in particular uh, to children and how they're being sexualized in schools, it's it's terrifying. And as a mother of a little eight year old girl, I don't want that happening to her. And I want our schools returned to the decency that I knew when I was a teacher. Uh, where these 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 questions were left out of education, you know, teachers should be there to teach children how to think, how to think critically, how to love their country. They shouldn't be indoctrinating them in woke ideology and sexualizing them, um, and turning them against their parents. But that's what we've been seeing, and and that's why this is such an important issue here in Virginia. Well, without a doubt, education is a preeminent issue in the state, and Terry McAuliffe made it so when he made that infamous statement that, you know, parents do not have a right to decide what their children are being taught. But recently, we just saw this uh, incredible uh, occurrence where there were actually administrators and principals that were withholding information on national merit scholarships uh, to certain students because it was all about this equity thing. And they admitted that they are concerned about the equality of outcomes. And so it seems that education in Virginia is moving away from a meritocracy to just, you know, outcomes based. You're absolutely right. And this happened under the Northam administration. I mean, for 12 years, the Democrats controlled Virginia and they destroyed our education system. Virginia used to be at the top um, across all 50 states. And now it's literally competing for the bottom seat. And that's, I mean, it's a travesty. And it's its a travesty to our children more than anything. Our children deserve an excellent education. And the crazy thing about all these equity policies that they're put, pushing forward is they actually disadvantage people um, of lower socioeconomic status more than anyone. Mm -hmm. The COVID policies that they, that they pushed on us, all of the things that they've been trying to do to somehow make things better have actually hurt the kids that most needed the help. And so we do need to reverse these policies. We saw during COVID the push for critical race theory. And we had no idea when we saw, um, I, I saw personally, uh, little, little children in schools right around the corner from me being shown videos where the where a little boy had was apologizing 
to his class for being white, for being a male, for being all of these things that he had not, no control over, and yet he was being forced to apologize. And I thought, this is insane. What is going on? And then my daughter's going to go to a school where she, being biracial, is going to be turned against me because of the color of my skin. And, I, and I've literally, as you said in my bio, been fighting for human rights and religious freedom for all people around the world my entire career. It's it's ludicrous what's happening, but that was just the tip of the iceberg. Um, CRT. After that, we started seeing the equity policies, and 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 we we had no idea the equity policies that have been pushed under Northam. How he had literally withheld these national merit scholarships from students for two years. So kids that should have been given an advantage in college should have maybe been given scholarships and awards that are getting into better colleges than what they did were denied all of that. It was hidden under the carpet for two years. I mean, if I was a parent, I'd be suing the government right now over it because it's just insane that those parents, many of whom I know, like Astra Nomani up in Northern Virginia, who's been fighting these policies, she's a single mom, she, like me, she works her tail off to provide for her child, to help her child go to college. She, you know, she has, she's, she's not advantaged in some ways, and yet the policies that they're pushing to try to help disadvantaged people are actually disadvantaging them further. So, but there's so many more policies in education that need to be corrected here in Virginia. You know, you and I were talking off camera about something. You know, March happens to be Women's History Month, but it's almost as if the left has a war on women. I mean, a real war on women where, you know, Katanji Brown Johnson, the Jackson, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court Justice, she couldn't answer the question, you know, how do you define a woman? And so I see right now what is happening is that the left is trying to erase women. Uh, I, I forget who it is, but someone gave Woman of the Year award to a biological male that is out there, you know, parading around as, as a female. And we look at what is happening to sports uh, you know, growing up, I remember the fight for Title IX and for women's sports out there in high school and the college level. How does it make you feel in this being Women's History Month and all the great things that women have done? And, you know, I had a mom, I got a wife, I got two daughters. But yet it seems like women are being erased in the uh, the agenda of the left. Colonel West, it's frightening. And this is something that I talk about often because my background is in international human rights, and I am a, a woman. I know what that means. <laughs> and I've been defending mm -hmm. the rights of women all over the world who who are suffering uh, because they live in societies where they don't value what it means their their identity as as women. You know, look at what's happening in Iran, where girls are getting poisoned mysteriously and imprisoned and put, being put to, to death just for not wearing a headscarf. I mean, the, the rights of women around the world are are under threat. But then in America, we have the American Girl doll, which I shared with you, uh, you know, my daughter wanted one, and I looked into it, and I realized, wait, so American Girls are promoting a book over Christmas that was promoting puberty blockers for little girls. Why would I want my daughter being thinking that being an American girl means that you can also just change your identity as a girl and be something else? It, it, but this kind of this kind of ideology is being pushed everywhere. We saw it here they're they're creating an an, uh, an American. It, a women's History Museum, an American Women's History Museum, something like that, in Washington, D.C. And what do they do? They're promoting exhibits of biological men in in the museum. So this is, it's so absurd that across America, we, we even have to have the conversation over what it means to be a woman and that we have to protect our children 
at eight years old, my daughter's eight years old, from this woke ideology that's being pushed on them at every level, from schools to the American History Museums in Washington, D.C., you know, to their at every level, and then with, with, with their toys. I mean, this we, girls should should feel they should be honored to be to be young girls. They should understand what it means to be a girl, and they they shouldn't have that trampled on or just be told, well, you can just take a puberty blocker if you don't like who you are. I, I want her to be proud of who she is. Yeah, you know, as I said in my monologue for uh, this week, that you know, God doesn't make a mistake. <laughs> God made you a man, woman, male, female, Adam and Eve, whatever. Uh, but now we're trying to elevate ourselves as humans, as, as man, being men and women, to, to say that we can correct what God has done and we can destroy his, his creation. So I, I think that that is a bit of a, an absurdity in and of itself. So let's transition and talk about, you know, state, Senate, District 12. What are the critical issues? Of course, I'm sure education is critical there, but what are some of the other critical issues in state, Senate, District 12 there in Virginia? Well, education really is the top issue across Virginia. I mean, from the transgender policies that have been pushed on us under the Northam administration, the equity policies, the national merit scholarships being denied, change, taking away science education um, and honors classes across the state, um, denying us school choice so that kids kids can't go to the school of their choice. Um, we only have seven charter schools here in Virginia. So there's one technology school that's amazing up in Northern Virginia, but students really don't have the option of excelling in charter schools as many other states do, or even as you know, people in the District of Columbia does, which you know is a pretty low bar. So th- these are really critical issues that need to be addressed in protecting the rights of parents to their children's education. And everywhere I go across across the district, that's front and center. The second issue is really the economy. We know that the Biden administration has destroyed our economy. They have spent money that they don't have, that our economy is inflated, that they have put restrictions on businesses that have um, really hurt small businesses in particular. And these businesses are struggling to come out of COVID, to grow and to meet the needs of their customers and the people in our in our area. And that's really hard with all the government regulations. The Democrats are constantly challenging Virginia's right to work status. Um, this is fundamental. We need to protect it because that's how businesses are able to thrive and grow is being able to weed out employees that that aren't that are not doing a good service to the to the company and and hire ones that will. Um, you know, it's it's just essential that we grow the economy. People are really struggling everywhere I go with the price of eggs, the price of gas, the price. I mean, we hear it all the time, but these are real things for people that live on fixed incomes. When you increase the cost of goods or the grocery bill, triple what it was before, they, they really they really are living on the margin. And that's that's um, a huge hardship for them. So I think the economy is the second issue and making sure that the small businesses in our area can grow and thrive. Um, and then finally, I would just say that Another big thing that I hear across the district, I mean, it's really twofold. One is election integrity. Everybody is concerned with our elections. They want to know that that when they vote, that it's going to be a fair election, that their vote is going to be counted. And in Virginia, we have six weeks of early voting. And this is ridiculous. God, six, six weeks. Six weeks of early voting. No one needs six weeks of early voting. I mean, I think even in Virginia, they don't even require an ID. It is crazy to me that you can require an ID for everything else, but when it comes to your most fundamental civic duty, you don't. And that, that people aren't comfortable feeling like their, their vote is being counted accurately. And I, and I think that for the American system across the board, that, that integrity of our elections needs to be restored. Um, 
So that's 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 another issue. But then I'm, I'm also hearing about the border. People are so fed yeah. up with what's happening at the border with the illegal, the illegal, uh, just just growth of illegal. Uh, it's an it, invasion. It's an it's invasion. It's crazy what's <laughs> happening at the border. But at the same time, you know, the Biden administration right now is letting people across the border with diseases that are unvaccinated, with all of these things that they say are a threat. And yet they're denying green card holders here in America the ability to stay and remain with their families or even come back into the country because they're unvaccinated. Their policies completely turn over on its head the rule of law in America. And that really goes with election integrity because when I'm working all over the world, the one thing that people look to the American system with respect is our system of rule of law, that people trust the system and that we live and abide by the rule of law under the constitutional system. And right now that whole system is in tatters. It, the, the Biden administration has completely turned it on, it on its head and people do not feel any trust in the institution of our, of our constitutional republic. And that's really, really dangerous for us as a country. You know, being down here in Texas, you talk about the illegal immigration issue that does tie into election integrity because the left wants illegals to be able to vote at the local level. And if that means the local level, then that means the state level. That means the federal level. And if you're granting illegals driver's licenses, uh, that means they have a quote unquote picture ID. And of course, with the motor voter law, that means they can get registered to vote. So I would tell you to be very leery and very careful about illegals in the state of Virginia and in your state Senate district that uh, could be there with driver license, driver's license from another state. Uh, you don't want them to be able to, to register and get to vote. That's why I say at county level is so mm -hmm. important. We have those voter registration roll reviews. So in closing, I just want to say that Tina Ramirez, candidate for Virginia's 12th State Senate District, you have my full endorsement. You have the steadfast and loyal seal of approval. You're exactly the type of person that we need to have there in that higher level of body, of legislative body in Virginia. But hopefully we see you continue on because you're an incredible woman, incredible background, and you're fighting for the right reason. You're fighting for your eight-year-old daughter. So in closing, what would you like to share with the Viewers of the Steadfast Law podcast, which of course will get to the people there in the 12th Congress—I mean, the senatorial district in uh, in Virginia. Colonel West, thank you so much for your support. I can't tell you how much it means, and I know that a lot of your supporters are veterans. They're people that have served this country with honor, and they deserve to be respected and to have that um, service recognized and honored. And I think, especially in the leadership of our country, and that's not happening as we see across the board. So. When I go to the state Senate, one of the important things for me is to really restore that integrity of our system, of our leadership, and to make sure that they have people they can look up to that are going to stand up and ensure that the freedoms that they fought for all over the world are protected in our government. And in Virginia, it's just literally two more seats in the state Senate that's hanging in the balance to be able to correct a lot of the encroachment on our most fundamental freedoms. And so just know um, for your viewership, these are the values that I'm going to be standing up for and fighting for in Virginia Senate, whether it comes to life or our Second Amendment, um, protection of our borders, so many different issues, our parental rights, all of our most fundamental freedoms. That's what I'm going to be fighting for because I have lived it. I've served it. I've done it for the last 20 years in my career. It's who I am. And I just think that we need leaders that honor the sacrifice of the people that have fought for our freedom so that we can have it for future generations. And so that my daughter grows up to be able to enjoy the freedoms that I had as a woman to to do the kinds of things I do around the world. I mean, that's our hope is our, is our children. And 
if we can't fight for that now, then I can't, I can't go around the world and do the kinds of things I do anymore because, um, when we lose it here, we lose it everywhere. You're absolutely right. So how can people follow you? How can people support you? What's your website? Well, I would love their support. So my website is tinaramirez.com and we just put up our ads. Um, they're, they're on Fox news every night. And if they would like to support the campaign, they'll help us keep those up there and reaching as many voters as we can between now and June 20th. And I would be grateful for um, anyone that wants to get involved in the campaign and support it however they can. Thank you, Alan. Okay, folks out there in Virginia's 12th State Senate District, get out and support Tina Ramirez. She is what you all need to have there in the right type of principal and resolute leader for you and be a voice in the Virginia State Senate. Tina, always a pleasure. And we will check back in with you after your primary when you're Roma Victor, as they Thank say. Thank you, Colonel West. All right, God bless you and take care. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. And a special thanks to Tina Ramirez for joining us. She is a candidate for Virginia's 12th State Senate District. And our states and our local levels are so important. So often we focus just on the federal level, but we've got to get out there and make sure we have strong state legislatures, good, strong city councils, county commissions, and school boards. If you like this podcast, please click that like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.